Hello, Otsego Knights community, and welcome back to the Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Mrs. Krupp. And Aaron Martinez-Lopez, a current high school student. Today, we are sitting down with Jackie Shank and Rob Crane. Jackie is a 1948 Washington Township graduate, and Rob is the executive director from the Black Swamp Conservancy. So you might have heard some rumblings about the new living laboratory in Tontagony, or maybe you've seen some of the heavy equipment that's been up and down Tontagony Creek Road. And these two individuals are here to share a story about this whole project has come to be. So welcome. We are grateful to have you both sitting down with us today um, to be able to share this story with our listening audience. All right. Yes, thanks. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Um, let's start with Rob. Rob, can you give our listeners a little bit of background about the property that we're about to discuss? Sure. Um, a few years ago, my organization, the Black Swamp Conservancy, became aware of the site. It's about 17 acres, and it's right across the street, across Tentagony Creek Road, from the, uh, the Otsego Schools K-12. And we, it, the Tentagony Creek runs along the other boundary, the eastern boundary of the property. And we really saw a lot of opportunity here to create something special for the school district. Uh, so we were really, really happy and pleased to work with Jackie and her family to purchase it. And, you know, we've since restored it into a living laboratory here for the schools. That is, it's really super exciting. I mean, I, this is like so shocking for a school to have something like this. Is this normal for schools? Do you know of any others? I, I know of very few and okay. not Northwest Ohio. Uh, this is something we think is desperately needed uh, in our community and, you know, in, in education in the, in the broader sense. So it's, it's something our organization is prioritizing and wanting to do a lot more of. Well, thank you. And thank you for all the time you put into it because obviously our students and our community is going to benefit from that. So it's super exciting. All right, um, and I'm going to turn to Jackie. And Jackie, can you tell us the story about this property that Rob just mentioned per- that he purchased or his conservancy has purchased? Yes, I was born in this town of Tantagony, so I'm pretty well acquainted with what has gone on through the years. This uh, property that uh, where the school uh, finally became part of was uh, owned by my father and my grandfather, a small portion of it, over in the, um, across from the, what is now the city park, mm-hmm. the corner there, they owned it to begin with. And also, just uh, at the edge of that was a streetcar track. Not many may know that there was a streetcar line that ran through Tontagony. It came from the Toledo area, crossed over uh, the bridge in Waterville that you hear so much of now, and uh, then came through uh, our town of Tontagony and ran off into the country then. So and by was, streetcar, you mean like, like a, I'm picturing like a San Francisco, like a streetcar like that? Like, a single car. Wow. A single car. <laughs> would come through, um, I don't know whether twice we lived right on the corner, um, when it comes across the field, where the field was, and uh, our home was right close by. I had a little brother that was two years younger than me, so I wasn't 
I was probably like five or six. And one day we were out in the front yard playing, and my little brother went out. He heard the train, the streetcar coming, and we went out and waved his hands in the air, and the streetcar stopped. <laughs> that was our story about the streetcar. We never, we never went near that near it before again. This is fascinating. Do you know when the last time the streetcar went you know, run in talking? I've been asked that, and, and I do not okay. remember when. I, I should have remembered it, but I do not. So you um, inherited this property, and then did you ever imagine that you would sell it? No. Okay. The My father uh, and mother purchased uh, the land oh. just... Uh, Shortly after World War II had started, and so the, um, that was uh, had belonged to them. Uh, my father purchased our home. We had been living in the country, and he purchased the home that's on Tontagany Creek Road. He had difficulty with it because he was working at a job, and he didn't have the equipment to uh, feed uh, um, take care of the field, so I had, I suppose, one of the local farmers. I don't, don't remember too much about that. And then did you ever think that this property would be developed for something like educational use? No. My father had, uh, after a few years, he had the, the property along the two roads divided into uh uh, places where people could build homes oh. uh, along that area. Did you also say that there was a time when there was a fair or a festival or something on that property? Yes, that's very important that we bring that into because <laughs> there was there was a time. It was in the around the mid eighteen fifties. Wow. Uh, above that, somewhere around in that time, there was a group of. Uh, husbands and wives went together and they purchased the land, part of the land there. And um, the Wood County Fair was held here in Tontogany for several years then. That's amazing. <laughs> no idea. Thank you for sharing. So, Rob, what is your organization's interest and vision for the property that she was discussing? You know, when we look at land, we look at the multiple benefits that it can provide. Um, so when we're restoring agricultural land back to natural habitat, as we are in this case, we are able to improve water quality and air quality in the community. We are able to provide habitat for wildlife species. And then what made this so exciting was the opportunity to tie in with the school district and create a space for students to learn and explore and, and really enjoy the property. What's been really neat for me is the excitement that's come out of the Otsego district to use it for so many other things. Um, I know there's been talks about getting the cross-country team over there and art classes and literature and writing. and We're, we're just tickled by the, the possibilities of everything that this land can provide. Yeah, as an English teacher and a parent of a cross-country runner, I definitely feel like I'm going to be spending a lot of time at the property. Plus, I actually just love nature preserves. We used to live by one, the WW Night, you oh, might yeah. know, in Perrysburg. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm personally just very excited to be checking it out. So, super, super awesome. Uh, so, what major construction has the property undergone 
in order to create the living laboratory? Oh boy, we've done a lot out here. Um, this project was funded by the H2 Ohio program, mm -hmm. which has a goal of cleaning up water throughout the state of Ohio, and particularly in the western Lake Erie Basin. You know, Tintagany Creek drains to the Maumee River, which drains out to Lake Erie. So if we're able to positively affect water quality on this site, it's going to end up positively affecting Lake Erie. So wetlands are the most efficient and cost-effective way at cleaning water. So our primary goal and our funding source was to clean up water, create wetlands, put riparian or streamside forest along the creek. Um, in order to do that, we had to remove some field tiles that were draining quickly and allow that water to pond on the property. We also did a lot of earth moving to you know, excavate out small areas that will hold those wetlands to build up a berm area for your trail system uh, where your classes will be able to walk and your cross-country team's going to be able to run. And then we did some fun stuff that we haven't been able to do before. Uh, we, we created a boulder stepping stones in two areas so that your science classes can get down into the creek and take water samples. Wow. We created a boulder amphitheater where your classes can go out and have a place to sit in nature and, and have a lecture from their, their teacher. Um, so a lot of earth moving, a lot of construction, a lot of heavy equipment, uh, and the end result is really something unique and special for this school. Uh, I wish I had like someone like that when I was like younger. Like I wish they had built this like way sooner because that would have been really cool. Yeah, at least you know you're able to enjoy it for the next couple of years. And I know there are yeah. even new classes, right? That we're gonna have a second part to this episode where we talk to. Have you been working with like maybe Mr. Furlong, and he's gonna be doing some real work with the water samples, I believe. And then one of our junior high teachers, Mrs. Duhamel, we're gonna talk to her about how she's using it, using it for science. So yeah, I think Aaron made a great point about wishing it would have happened when he was younger, but. It also is luckily happening now, you know, because this, this is pretty, you know, relevant to the next few years you will be in high school. So that is so neat. And when you're talking a lot about wetlands, what kind of habitats or other, you know, species do you hope that we'll see here maybe in the Tantakany region that might be coming back due to this laboratory? Yeah, so we've created numerous uh, habitats on the property. We, we've expanded that tree line out from the creek, which is what we call riparian or streamside forest. Uh, we have vernal wetlands, which are areas that will hold water through periods of the spring and are really critical to amphibian breeding and rearing things like frogs and salamanders. Uh, we have some wet prairie we put in, which is a, a globally rare ha habitat type. Um, some forested areas that are going to come up. And then we've done a couple of, again, unique things for us here. Uh, we retained a, a small agricultural area in the center of the property where your FFA classes can experiment with the interaction between the natural world and the agricultural production and how they can strike a balance and live hand in hand. And one of the things we're really excited about is on the edge of that, we created a food forest, which is comprised of native species that provide uh, food and forage. Uh, so your, your classes are going to be able to go out and in a couple years the pawpaw trees are going to be producing. And if you haven't had a pawpaw before, it's a, a really unique and, and delicious fruit that's very unique to this part of the country. That is amazing. Uh -huh. <laughs>
And so you've, you've mentioned the wetlands and how you said that wetlands were the most efficient way to clean up our water supply here. Is this something that will help possibly with even the Northwest Ohio, like the algae blooms and all that? Yeah, that's our goal. Okay. So what happens, and, and we live in a unique place. Uh, this, this whole region used to be the historic Great Black Swamp. And what we've done is we've re-engineered it to make it livable and farmable. And our entire landscape has subsurface drainage tiles that whisk the water off of the land, drain it, and put it into a creek or river and out to Lake Erie as quickly as possible. When we're able to put wetlands back on the landscape in very specific and intentional places, we can slow that water down. And when we slow it down, the nutrients that are, are attached to the water that are floating in the water, the sediments, they have time to settle down and find their way to the bottom of the wetland pool. And then those wetland plants use the nutrients in their production. When we move water quickly out to the lake, those nutrients are feeding algal blooms. Our goal is to keep them on the landscape and allow them to feed wetlands in those specific and intentional places. Well, thank you for on behalf of all the residents here in Northwest Ohio. That's a that's a huge that's a huge advantage that we will be having. Thank you. And you talked about like salamanders and frogs, but what about birds? Are there going to be? Would we expect here around Otsego High School and Junior High to have more birds in the sky than we would in you know in the years past? Oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> uh, one of the things you'll notice that it, it probably seems pretty odd if you're not embroiled in this the way that my staff and I are is we actually took some dead trees and stuck them upright in the property. So there's 30, 40 foot dead trees stuck there. And that's, that's very intentional. It's to kickstart the wildlife habitat. And it gives raptors and other birds a place to rest on the property and kind of scout and look for those, those rodents they might want to eat. Um, any, any natural area along a creek, that's, that's a, a natural flyway corridor that, that birds are going to use. And we, we think and we expect that we're going to see some really cool migrants um, coming through this area every spring and fall, as well as resident birds. So, yeah, stay tuned. Oh, that's amazing. So, um, do you guys have a date for when the, nat- the preserve will be open for, like, any viewers that don't know? Yeah, so I, 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 I want to clarify that we're not, we're not going to keep this for ourselves. We're, we're giving this property to Otsego. Uh, we're going to hold a conservation easement on the property to ensure that it's always habitat. It's always available for, for educational use, for recreational use. But the ownership is, is going to the school district. And they're going to have the decision over public use, opening date, those sorts of things. Right now, on October 2nd, we're going to be holding a ribbon cutting on the property. The director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources and a lot of other dignitaries are going to come out. I know um, I've spoken to Kevin, the superintendent here, and he's going to bring some students out for that. And I anticipate that, that after that date, it's, it's going to be an open property. But again, that's, that's at the discretion of um, Otsego. All right. And then because of what you just said, I mean, it is going to be, you know, run completely by Otsego. And I, I haven't been out there at all to see the, the processes that you've been talking about. But is it like what you would say when it's finished on October 2nd with the ribbon cutting? Is that what it'll look like, you think, you know, indefinitely? Or will there be continuous upgrades to the property? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to take you out for a walk. 
Yes, um, I know. I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit to get out there for real. Restoration is a long-term process. So, you know, one of the things that's really rewarding about my job is we plant trees that are not going to become a mature forest until long after I'm gone. We're going to see this habitat develop in coming years, in coming decades, um, and it's really going to transform slowly. Nature, nature works slowly, and we have to give it time to do that. Um, so we're going to see a lot of development of the natural habitats and the, the things that we're trying to um, push along on the property. In addition to that, we have set aside certain areas for the school to build facilities to enhance the educational use. And, um, you know, I don't want to go too far into that because, again, that's going to be um, the school's decision as to what goes in. But I know we've talked about things like, you know, a covered pavilion area for, school, for uh, classes to use, some restroom facilities, um, probably some shade over that Boulder Amphitheater I was talking about. Um, the de development's going to be pretty limited. Uh, we want to keep this, you know, habitat, and it's there for wildlife and for education. But we also want to give you the ability to make the improvements you need to really make it a dynamic area for educational use. And along with that kind of development is in terms of like a restroom or a pavilion, is there going to be some sort of a parking space for people who want to come in, maybe from the local communities? Or do, how, how do you access this park? Sure. So... As you're coming down Tintagany Creek Road, you'll see a big grassed area uh, between the houses. And, and that's what's set aside for future development. So any parking lot will go in that area. Um, the pavilion, the restrooms, that's all going to be sited right in there. But you think initially it'll be mostly used by our students in school district? Or that that's outside your jurisdiction? That's not my decision. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That, yeah, I totally understand. All right, so let's turn back to Jackie. First of all, um, is it true that or you had two nieces, is that true, that are involved in, in the sale of that property? Is this something? That's correct. Okay. Yes, I had a, a, my brother. Okay. The property came to my brother, and I, and my brother passed on, and so the girls, um, they're in charge of whatever. Well, we like to thank them as well, so send our thanks to them. And uh, what are your final thoughts about this whole process? I mean, do you remember when it got started? How long have we been talking about this and planning and developing it? And uh, what are your thoughts about the future for the property? I, I have lots of good thoughts about this program. It's just been, I couldn't wish for anything more better or different, my parents would be in, they would be so elated over what you're doing there. It's just, uh, I just know that it would make them so pleased. When I'm saying this, we must not forget what part Steve Powell had in this. Steve came to me when we were in the process of trying to sell the property, he came to me with that idea. And and who, for our listeners that might not know, can you tell us who Steve Powell is? Steve Powell lives here in Tontagony. Okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he just recently retired from, um, he was in the business of, 
selling properties. Real estate. Real estate, yes. All right. Well, so we have, and he wants to be involved in the process of whatever is going to continue with this. Yes, so we have a, a good per person there. Well, thank you. Yeah, shout out to Steve and for your nieces. That, that, I mean, it takes it takes a huge group. And then obviously, Rob, you're on a big team that seems like they're all behind this effort as well. So please send our thanks to them as well. We are a small but mighty team. Oh. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I, I, was, Correction. I, was, I was telling Rob that um, um, I just hope um, all the people in the future We'll see what a wonderful uh, thing this is that it's been added to the community for the community's enjoyment and uh, learning. And, um, and I'm so grateful that uh, this is what happened to the, my parents' property. That's beautiful. Well, Jackie, we thank you. Um, this land is, it's your heritage coming from your family, but it's also your legacy. Uh, choosing to work with us has enabled this to happen, and it's a real gift to this community, so thank you. You're so welcome. It's just, it's just I can't express how wonderful it makes me feel that that's what happened to that acreage that belonged to my parents. Yeah. They would be so delighted. That is beautiful. And do you have any final thoughts you would like to leave for our listeners or just encourage them to stop out and check out all the work you've put on and put forth? I, I guess on my end, I'd say uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, Black Swamp Conservancy is giving the property over, but we're not stepping away. Uh, we're going to hold on to that easement, and Laura Rodriguez on our team leads education efforts. This is our first big foray into this. It's not the last one of these we want to do. And uh, we really look forward to working with your teachers and your students to help use this place uh, to enhance education and, and really make it something special. Absolutely. Well... We want to just send our extreme thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. This is, it's been such a pleasure to not only get to know the two of you, but also just to hear about the, you know, you can hear the emotion in Jackie's voice when you're talking about the land and your parents and your legacy. And I love that Rob thanked her because we 100% agree. Like, this is the most beautiful thing you can do myself as a staff member and as a parent of four kids who attend this district who are young enough that will be able to reap the benefits for many years and as a community member you know we live here and we want to be involved and we want to see how much passion and love you're putting forward into our community that's just that's just an immeasurable amount of things you know we are so appreciative and we know that you're both very busy and for you to sit down with us and tell the community the story that we hope you know this is just the very beginning like rob mentioned right this is step one we'd love to have you come back in a year or so and just see what updates there could be and you can talk about you know the now species that hopefully are all you know building habitats and making residences there. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for the time you spent talking to us so that our community members can hear from you. 
Absolutely. You're so welcome. <laughs> and I just want everybody to have some enjoyment from it, learn from it, and uh, just, it's just such a wonderful uh, place uh, to do that. I, as I mentioned, I had a chance to go uh, take a walk through with my uh, son. And just what little bit, that we had no paper to tell us, well, this is that, this is the other thing. We could, we could figure it out, what this was done for, why that, why, the, why all these trees that have been cut off, plopped into the ground. And it didn't take us long to figure out that it was to call the birds in. Did you see uh, some of the interpretive signage that's out there that helps to explain those things? I didn't read much of it. I, I was too busy paying attention to what was all around. Well, that, that's a great thing. Yeah. We're, we're really proud of some of those signs. The, uh, the seventh grade science class here at Otsego yes, helped us I, develop I did those. Yeah. Stop and read that, yes, mm -hmm. yes. That's, that means a lot when the young people take take an interest in something like this and uh, and want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. It's theirs now. Yeah. yeah. That's right. It's beautiful. All right. Thank you. I thank you too. Oh. I thank <laughs> you and and uh, doing this because I I feel that I'm a little bit of part of. This. You're a big part of it, and I really hope I can be a part of um, watching you guys cut the ribbon. I mean, like, we have been super excited for months now about this, and the date is out there, so I hope to be there watching you with the big scissors. So, <laughs> See you then. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Roundtable Podcast. Special thanks go out to our digital producer, Owen Henderson, our technology director, Luke Swartz, and as advisor of the team, I would like to send a special thank you out to my entire student body team as well. Thank you all for what you do to keep this show rolling.